trouble. Double toil and trouble. When you hear these words, chances are you imagine a group of witches chanting around a bubbling cauldron, adding such exotic ingredients as Eye of Newt, Wolf's Bane, or Dragon's Testicle. Maybe the word witch conjures children's tales of cackling old women flying through the sky on broomsticks. <laughs> if you study American history, you might think of Salem, Massachusetts in 1692, a dark stain on the nation's history. As for me, I never really gave the matter that much thought outside of spooky season. That is, until one fateful road trip in the early 2000s. I had decided to tag along with Dad as he drove to Washington, D.C. to pick up his then-girlfriend, who was there visiting family. We were on our way back to Tennessee, driving through a moonlit valley in the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia. Just as we were discussing stopping for a late-night snack at Steak and Shake, Dad's girlfriend casually dropped that she was a witch. Oh, and she was a psychic, too. She was also a licensed realtor if I happened to know anyone in the market. Say, who wants milkshakes? I could feel everyone's eyes turn to me, wondering how I would react to the news. There was a pronounced silence as I carefully considered my response. I cleared my throat, <clears throat> put on my most serious expression, and asked, Can I get fries too? <laughs> Little did I know then how much our lives were about to change. spins a yarn. Been a while since our last adventure, but we heard y'all missed us, so we're back with a brand new yarn for your listening pleasure. This is episode three, so I married a witch. As you probably guessed from the title, I really did marry a witch. Now, I want to make this perfectly clear from the top. I am not making fun of my late wife. Her name was Trish, and she actually was a modern-day witch. She was also a gifted psychic, a certified Reiki master, and a tarot reader, among other things. She was so talented, in fact, that she was considered a trusted advisor to the third highest ranking member of the Secret Service under President Bush. I have pictures of us on a private tour of the White House to prove it. You might be shaking your head right now, and I understand if you're skeptical. I was in your shoes once upon a time. All I can tell you is that today, I am a believer. Maybe by the end of this episode, you'll be one too. I first met Trish while I was dating a mutual friend. When the other woman's pager would beep, she would say, Oh, that's just Jimmy. Just Jimmy, Trish would say. You know, you need to stop thinking about him as just Jimmy. One day, you might not have him anymore. It took eight years, but sure enough, Trish and I eventually got together. As a joke, she got me a t-shirt with a little logo that reads, Just Jimmy. Hmm. Is it too late to change the name of the podcast? That has a nice ring to it. Seriously? I've already ordered like a thousand bumper stickers. Minute one per customer. Oh, never mind. <laughs> 
Anyway, flash forward to the night of our wedding. We set the date for Halloween because, well, wouldn't you? And we set the venue as our backyard because, well, weddings are expensive. Plus side was our guests all got to come dressed in costume. Trish was dressed as Maid Marian and I was a dashing musketeer. <laughs> our wedding cake was decorated with spider web icing. We had Halloween decorations all throughout the house, a bonfire, and even a fog machine set up in the backyard. Our preacher was a woman dressed in a Nashville Predator jersey. This was a little confusing to some of our guests as one of our close friends showed up dressed head to toe as a Catholic priest. He had the works, white collar, cross on a chain, Bible in hand. Most folks assumed he was the preacher except for one minor detail. His wife was with him and she was dressed as something a little less conservative. She wore a witch's hat, an itty bitty pair of hot pants, black lace stockings, a short leather doodad that barely covered uh, the essentials and showed off a freshly inked back tattoo featuring two wolves howling at the moon. Okay, I know what you're dressed as, I said to the priest. I nodded towards his wife, but what is she? With his chest practically bursting with pride, the priest answered, Hooker Witch. Y'all, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I will never forget that outfit for as long as I live. Trish and I were married that night, and when you're married to a witch, there are no such things as dull moments. In 2002, I was watching the Super Bowl pregame show. The Titans didn't make it to the big game that year, and as a born and bred Tennessean, my heart just wasn't in it. Trish asked, who's playing? Rams versus the Patriots, I grumbled. Which one's New England? Uh, the Patriots. Oh, she laughed. That makes sense. They're going to win. Everyone is saying the Rams are supposed to sweep the Patriots under the rug, I said. No, she argued. It'll be close, but the Patriots will win. There was a pause. Then she said, they're going to win by three or four points, but only in the last few seconds of the fourth quarter, she added. And sure enough, she was right. The Patriots won 20-17. to 17. In fact, it was New England's first Super Bowl win in history, so it wasn't exactly an easy thing to guess. If you're wondering if I was a betting man, nope, I didn't win anything. Trish was fond of saying that a truly gifted psychic should never use their abilities for personal profit. I could see her point, but it didn't make me feel any better. Being a proper witch, Trish would work spells from time to time. She had crystals and candles and knickknacks stashed away in every single nook and cranny. I think she owned more bottles of oil than Shell and BP combined. I don't know how any of it was supposed to work, but I do know it was expensive. There were oils for love, oils for protection, oils for winning a court case, oils for lubricating an engine. You name it, there's probably an oil for it. Everything except predicting winning lottery numbers. Ah, dang it. Once a year, the annual New Age Expo in Nashville would rent out booths to vendors out in the old state fairgrounds. Trish would set up a table and do psychic readings for customers and friends. 
I would bring a couple of my antique cushion chairs, lay out a fancy rug, and plug in an old lamp to create a bit of atmosphere. As I said, Trish never did these readings for profit. On a few occasions, she did charge. It was always less than everyone else, but most of the time she would do her readings for free. One year, as soon as the expo opened its doors to the public, I saw this woman charging straight down the aisle in our direction. Y'all, she was on a mission. This woman was a huffing and a puffing like she was first in line for a Black Friday sale, and nothing was going to stop her from grabbing a brand new flat screen. She locked eyes with Trish, pointed at our booth, and yelled, so we got to talking. Apparently, while this lady was waiting outside, one of the other psychics stopped and touched her arm. Honey, I know why you're here, the psychic told her. I know what you're looking for and who you need to see. Go inside, head to the right, and find the lady with the cushy chairs. That's who you need to talk to. See, those old chairs came in handy. The lady must have found what she was looking for because after that, she became a regular. No witch-themed podcast would be complete without mentioning the Bell Witch. If anything in Tennessee is more famous than our beloved Titans, it is the Bell Witch. If you've never heard the story, first of all, where y'all been? Seriously, pause this episode right now and go look it up. I'll wait. Okay, now that you're all up to speed, the Bell Family Farm was located in a town called Adams, Tennessee. Today, there are houses and neighborhoods surrounding the area, many of which have histories of their own. Situated right at the corner of the old Bell Farm is a little house that used to be a slave quarters during the Civil War. The owners of this house, who were in the process of renovating, were experiencing a few unexplained occurrences. Sometimes in the middle of the night, their infant daughter's wind-up mobile would start playing by itself, wind down, and then start all over again as if it'd been wound up again. While this was going on, their infant could be heard laughing as if someone was in the room with her. The owner knew of Trish through my daughter, so she asked if she would come out and cleanse the property. Now, a cleansing is pretty much what it sounds like. You burn a substance like sage and spread salt around the house, and it's supposed to clean the home of negative energy and unwanted spirits. We showed up, and the owner gave us a tour of the house. Spooky stuff aside, it was a pretty cool place, especially if you're into old buildings. My favorite part of the house was hanging on the wall upstairs. It was a painting. The subject was a little girl who was pictured walking toward the viewer down a narrow lane along a low stone wall. She was colored in bright pastels as if she'd been plucked straight out of church on Easter morning. The rest of her surroundings were colored with foggy shades of gray and black. Painting in its frame were at least 150 to 200 years old. You could tell the age by the way the glass was manufactured with a very specific type of imperfection typical of the time period. No one knows who painted it or who its original owner was, but what is interesting is how it was found. When the owner tore down the wall to open up the downstairs, painting was sitting there, hidden behind the bricks. Now, why would someone take such a beautiful painting and hide it behind a solid wall? The Union Army once camped there during the Civil War, 
So had it been hidden so the Union officers wouldn't confiscate it? Did someone hide it because they thought it was evil? Answers sadly may never be known, but regardless, it was a beautiful yet eerie centerpiece. While Trish saged the house, my job was to go outside and spread sea salt around the perimeter. I stepped outside into the foggy night, salt in hand. Now remember the infamous Bell Witch haunting supposedly happened right over yonder, so I was already feeling a little spooked. Pulled out the salt and... A nearby dog chose the worst possible moment to start barking. I jumped, dumping salt all over my britches. Once my heartbeat returned to normal, I looked over toward the barn, and that's when I saw a shape in the fog. The fog lifted a bit, and there illuminated in a shaft of moonlight was a black hearse. My goosebumps suddenly grew big enough to vote. This is it, I thought. This is how I go out. Well, long story short, turns out the owner's husband had bought the hearse as a fixer-upper. You'd think they could have at least warned me. Meanwhile, back inside, Trish determined there were at least five different spirits living in the house. She wrote their names and descriptions on a slip of paper and gave it to the owner. We said goodnight, I shot a nasty look at the dog, and we drove home. But the story doesn't end here. The following day, the wife came home early and found her husband sitting on the side of the bed, a glass of Jack Daniels in his shaking hand. You're home early, she said. Yeah, he answered. Bit early to be drinking, she observed. Well, that's a funny story. I came home and I tried to lay down for a nap, but suddenly a woman appeared at the front of the bed. I shouted, who are you and why are you in my house? This Charlotte woman starts yelling at me, the husband continued. She said, I drank too much and I treated you badly. Once she was done shouting, she vanished into thin air. That was a heck of a dream, the wife said, probably wishing her husband would have dreams like that more often. That's the strange part, her husband admitted, chugging another large gulp. She disappeared a few minutes before you walked in. I never woke up. The wife pulled out the slip of paper with the list of names and descriptions Trish had written down for her the night before. You said her name was Charlotte? The husband slowly nodded. Was she about five feet tall with long brown hair and wearing a tattered yellow dress? The husband kept nodding, his eyes wide as saucers. Incidentally, I heard they got divorced not long after. Trish wasn't just a psychic, she was also a certified Reiki master. Reiki is a kind of hands-on healing that involves faith, prayer, and directed energy. And I may very well owe it my life. Several years ago, I was driving home after dark. I was just a few blocks from my house when all of a sudden my brain went fuzzy. I couldn't remember how to get home. I drove past my own driveway two or three times before finally finding my way back. Long story short, I went to the doctor to get checked out. They did some scans and they found a spot on my brain. I went to get a second opinion at a different hospital and they confirmed that yes, there was indeed a spot on my brain. The suggestion was made to go in and remove the spot because it looked like an aneurysm. I asked, so what happens if I leave it alone? They answered, nothing unless it ruptures, and normally they do. 
Uh, then what happens? You're dead. Okay, I said, well, let's go ahead and take that rascal out. An appointment was set for a month or so later. In the meantime, every night when I got home, Trish performed a Reiki on my head. She prayed, burned candles, and probably used some of those special oils. It was really hard to go to sleep at night with a hand on top of your head, but I was used to it. I loved her, and it doesn't take me long to go to sleep whatsoever. So a few weeks later, it was time to go have the procedure. As they were getting me prepped, the doctor told me he was going to go through my groin all the way up into my brain. Uh, excuse me, I said. Wait a second. You going where? How? Isn't there a better way to get there? Yes, but we don't think you'd like it, the doctor said. I'm not real happy about the route you have chosen, doc. Well, he stuck his instruments all the way up my intimates and took a look at my brain and the spot. The one that had been confirmed by two independent scans from two different hospitals was gone. Now, question is, was it all somehow a fluke? Were both scans wrong? I believe that it was there and that through my wife's Reiki and prayers, God took it away. An honest-to-goodness, genuine miracle. Trish made many predictions over the years. Many of them came true and... There were also some that didn't. Even psychics are human after all and make mistakes just like the rest of us. Her very last prediction is one I wish with all my heart was one of the mistakes. It was a beautiful spring day in 2015. She was cleaning the house, singing, dancing, listening to the oldies. Suddenly she stopped, broke down in tears. I asked what was wrong, assuming she had hurt herself. I'm dying, she said. I'll be gone by the end of the year. No, you won't, I said. How do you know, she asked. Because I won't let you. I hate to admit it, but sometimes I say dumb things when I'm scared. Despite a couple of minor health issues, she seemed fine. Spring warmed in the summer. Then summer cooled to autumn. I'm going to die by the end of the year, she said again one day in October as the leaves outside were beginning to fall. Later that month, she started to get sick. No one could figure out what was wrong. After going to the ER five times over seven weeks, finally one little hospital was able to determine that she had cancer. They couldn't even tell us what kind of cancer she had, but what they could tell us were the only three things that really mattered. It had spread to her brain, it was inoperable, and it was terminal. In 2010, I lost my daughter to cancer. So hearing the doctor say that word again opened a floodgate of emotions. Both of us shared a long, hard cry. Once Trish dried her tears a bit, she defiantly turned to me and said, Told you. You'd think by then I'd be used to her being right, but this time I really didn't want to believe her. She lived five weeks to the day. And then, in what felt like a blink and a whisper, she was gone. As I am recording this in 2023, I'm sitting at my desk in my man cave slash podcasting world studio. Behind me, Trisha's picture hangs on the wall. Sitting on the desk in front of me is a wedding gift from the priest and his wife, our very own Book of Shadows. Trisha's medicine quilt, handmade by a shaman as a thank you gift, 
since neatly folded among the other blankets across the room. My just Jimmy T-shirt awaits for its semi-annual wash in the laundry basket. One of my favorite items she left behind is a singing bowl. How many bachelor pads do you know that come equipped with one of these bad boys? Sometimes I make it ring just to hear something of Trish. Several of her books sit on my shelf, books about crystals, oils, Reiki, and spiritual living. People often think of modern witches as people who practice Wicca, but Trish would be the first to correct you that she was a Christian. And as such, she often worried if she was wrong for using the gifts she had been given. Listen, you've never done evil or cast a spell for revenge, I would tell her. You only use your gifts to help people. How can that be a bad thing? Remember, she didn't even like to charge people, which I think says everything you need to know about her. No matter where I look, I see a million little memories, and not just of Trish, but of countless friends and family I've lost over the years. Grief is a terrible weight to carry, and I don't wish it on anyone. But grief does remind us every moment should be cherished, because no matter how many you get, it never feels like enough. By sharing these moments, I believe we can keep our loved ones' spirits close to us. After all, not all ghosts are scary. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't miss her. She taught me a different way to look at life. But foremost among her many gifts and accomplishments, she made me believe in magic. Thank you for letting me share a few of my favorite memories with you. Tune in next time when I'll spin you another yarn. Until then, please take care of yourselves and each other.